When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stories of Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw. That would be your Chickasaw native, your Chickasaw Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And we have got the legend of all legends, one of the greatest NWA champions of all time. He and Luthez held the title for the record for most consecutive days in a row. Those two ordered one and two. Great Japanese champion, one of the greatest singles wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and most importantly, one of the greatest Texans of all time. He is Mr. <laughs> Dory Funk. Dory, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so very much for that introduction. And I remember... You were one of the great Texans of all time. Well, thank don't, you. Don't 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 um, let it don't let it go to his head, Dory. Abilene, Texas. Yes, what a sir. great place to be from. I used the to only, go there every week. The only yeah time yeah you you said the key word there. A great place to be from. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dory. One of the only times in my history where I walked through the airport and somebody said something to me. I'd see the you know same security guards every week. Same. Uh, you know, CSA guys every single week, you know, before 9-11 and all that, you know, same people every single week. They always say hello to me, no matter whether I was a heel or babyface. When I turned on your brother, Terry Funk, that was the only time oh, I walked yeah. through, that was the only time I walked through there and a couple of guys stopped me and go, that wasn't right. <laughs> and they, they could tell how mad they were. That's how, that's how big the Funk name is in Texas. Yeah, John, John, that's right. Funk, funk name is just synonymous with the state of Texas. The only other name that even rivals it or even comparison because there's so many of them was the Von Erichs. But, you know, there were so many world championships going through the Funk family there that there's no no other Texas family that can compare it with a professional. But what an honor it is to have I finally sat down with Dory with you and, and discuss Dory's magnificent career. And, you know, let's go back a little bit, Dory, to to your father, Dory Funk Sr., who was, who was really a genius before his time in, in, in the state of Texas in professional wrestling. I had, I think I shared with you, I know I did with Terry, but a few a couple of years back, and a wrestling coach from Hammond, Indiana called me, and they were trying to name the, the high school or the wrestling room or the gymnasium. I'm sorry, I'll get it right. The gymnasium after your father. I don't know if I told him to contact you. I don't know if it ever got done up there. But what an honor it was. Tell us a little bit about your father. He's three-time Indiana State champion, went to Indiana University, was a fantastic athlete there. Then how did he decide to get into professional wrestling? I know I know that you guys are going to like my, my father because of his history. And, and I know you guys, I know your amateur wrestling background. And uh, I know Jack's amateur wrestling background. And... It's just a matter of pride and what we can do when we go in the ring. 
uh, I tried hard to live up to everything my father expected. And I did uh, do some amateur wrestling too, along with pro wrestling. I think it's absolutely necessary. In fact, I even uh, went to and uh, won the West Texas AAU championship. That's not like what, what uh, your brother has done in the history of wrestling, but there is an amateur background to what I do. And some of my best matches ever were against the Briscoe brothers. Yeah. Uh, Dory, Dory, t- tell us a little bit about 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 your 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 school. I know mean, you were a football player at West Texas State University that spawned so many great professional wrestlers. I mean, the list is just more more so than anybody can ever imagine. But you know, we go down the list: Dusty, Murdoch, you know, Tully Blanchard, Manny Fernandez, your brother Terry, and so many more. Did I leave out any that that you want to jump in and, and correct me with? No, you didn't leave out any, but uh, we've got some uh, young wrestlers that I feel that there's going to be really some great pro wrestlers come out of these uh, out of this building here. Yeah. Well, tell us, tell us something. Tell us something too that you know that had been a rumor, and and John and I've heard it from several different sources from West Texas. Was Dickie Murdoch actually a football player? I know he got to play in the alumni game, but did he actually get into get into the university there and play football for West Texas? I was there the night he played in the alumni game. <laughs> <laughs> he just ran out on the field and did it, and it took a lot of the guts because he really never he was never. Uh, attended West Texas University. <laughs> so the rumors are true. We went Dick, Dickie was never a, a The rumors are there. true. But he was such a likable guy. The coaches did not. I know you guys had, had Durka, Durko or whatever they were, crazy coach out there. So he just fit in Joe with Kerbal. all the wrestlers. Joe Kerbo, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Joe Kerbo. I got to say he was a great, a great football coach. Yeah. I can't say anything bad about yeah, Joe Kerbal. He was yeah. terrific. Now, now that that, that that's Murdoch. Let's cover Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, a, a student there. I know he went to Sewell Ross Junior College or Community College, but he always claimed West Texas University just to jump on that bandwagon. There was he wasn't a student there either, was he? No, I don't know that Dusty ever attended <laughs> West Texas State University. A lot of people are reaching out and grab for. Uh, uh, notarization when they really didn't even bother to go to school there. <laughs> you think that makes me feel good? I'd challenge Dusty right now if he were here. <laughs> and Dory, uh, uh, Bruiser Brody was there, but he was only there for a very short time. He got kicked <laughs> out of school, right? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> I don't really remember the exact story of Bruiser Brody, but it was uh, a very sad way he went through professional wrestling and a uh, very sad ending. Well, Stan Hansen had told me that he met Brody on his recruiting trip, and then Brody, when he went, got there, was no longer there. Then he didn't see him again until he got to uh, Dallas, and that's when he met him for the first time when he was wrestling, and, and Brody was then a – 
sports writer, I guess, for the Dallas Morning News, right? That's right. That's what he was. That's where he came from. You'd never guess it if you took a look at Bruiser Brody <laughs> and how he looks, how tough he is, what he accomplished. I thought the world of Brody. Yeah, Frank, 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 good, good guy. I, I actually I have a friend that I wrestled to get up in Iowa State University, Jim Dushin, that went to Iowa State until Frank got, uh, he was roommates of Frank, and Frank got kicked out of school at Iowa State University for fighting. Imagine that. And uh, he ended up in West Texas at that time. But Frank, what did you guys break Frank in, or did he go over to Dallas to get broken? Break who? Uh, Frank, uh, 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 Bruiser Brody. Uh, he broke into business somewhere else. It wasn't Amarillo. I think it was Dallas there. So uh, tell us a little bit about about the, uh, the 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 when when you you were you old enough to remember the move from Indiana, Hammond, Indiana, down to Amarillo, Texas? Sure, I was. How old? How old you? And tell us a little bit about that. It's uh, the distance is like eleven hundred miles. It was. Route 66 all the way, and it was uh, a long trip, but uh, my father always drove fast, so <laughs> he, would make, he, he would make the trip. That's, and, that's where uh, Terry got that from, huh? <laughs> that's where Terry got from, that from, yeah. But my father would make the trip in 24 hours, so we were back and forth quite often between uh, Chicago and Amarillo, Texas. And when did your father set up the wrestling territory in Amarillo? Was was that originally his, or did he get it from somebody else? He purchased the uh, wrestling territory in Amarillo from a man called named Doc Sarpolis. I don't know if that rings a bell with anybody. Yeah, I remember Doc. Yeah, Doc Sarpolis was the owner of the Amarillo territory, and Doc got sick and had to quit the wrestling business and with that my father um, purchased it from Doc Sarpolis and uh, you, can you imagine a territory being bought for $10,000 wow $10,000 <laughs> yeah wow did you do you remember what 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 made your dad want to make that transition from being an active competitor? Because I know he stayed an active competitor there for years up until his death almost. But why, why, how, why he wanted to get into promotion, actually owning the territory? Uh, he, he, he loved the wrestling business. From his amateur wrestling career in Hammond, Indiana, uh, all the way through his last days as a professional wrestler. Yeah. He loved professional wrestling. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Well, I know something he stressed with you guys. You had to be an athlete and you had to graduate from college to, uh, to become. Those were both, yes. Yeah. Two requirements. They had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you, you grew up, you grew up, you, uh, there was no wrestling. I hate to say this, state. but my brother didn't make it. He didn't graduate <laughs> from college. Well, he played football, though, right? He played football, and when the season was over, he was in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, uh, so uh, at, at, as the time moved along, you were a high school football player, and West Texas uh, was known, and forgive me for saying this, but you'll probably agree, as an outlaw school, because we even heard of it up in Oklahoma, guys that couldn't get in Oklahoma State or uh, our, our Oklahoma University would always go down to West Texas State and play a couple of years at the at that outlaw school so they can get the grades up and, and, co- and come Wait a minute. Would you stop it? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever left Oklahoma to come Stop it. West Texas University was one of the best. At what? <laughs> at outlaws, right? It was at an outlaw so you and you got to who said yeah, that? You, and everything. Uh, yeah, hey, you, you Jerry, gotta, no, no, no. We're not leaving this con. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not saying that guys couldn't get in Oklahoma and came to Texas. It's the other well, way. Yeah, around. they could. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, you just try to slip by us. Yeah, well, John, that, that, that yeah, Dory, come on now. You guys were an outlaw school down there. That for all the people that don't know an outlaw school, back in my day, they had these outlaw schools that their academics weren't quite up to Oklahoma standard. And if you couldn't make a grade, <laughs> oh, you, know, you slipped down. To All the I West can Texas. do is hang my head. <laughs> so anyway, you got a scholarship there. Do you play football? You, you had some good seasons there. I mean, you went on to, your team went on to play in the Sun Bowl, right? And played against that's, Ohio, that's true. Ohio University. Ohio See? University and the Sun Bowl. You can we tell won, I you can tell I've been reading 15, this book, man. <laughs> we won the game fifteen to fourteen. Wow, what a close game! And uh, on that play, I, I was a lineman, but I took out two of the defensive players with one block. Wow! And got and got recognition for that from my coach, Joe Kerbo. And that's how you do things in Texas, Mr. Briscoe. Yeah, take out truthful Briscoe. Oklahoma and standards, those two words don't <laughs> ever go together. I don't it was a thrill. Crap. It was a thrill. It was a thrill to me to uh, be able to go up and play and play in a bowl game. Uh, there's nothing like it. Well, Dory, it did had- you ever have aspirations to play pro football? I know Stan Hansen went there and Stan was wanting to play pro football and, you know, thank goodness for wrestling. And uh, I don't know about thank goodness. A bunch of us have <laughs> stiff necks now because of lariats, but uh, did you ever want to play pro football? I really uh, didn't see playing pro football. Uh, the days that I was a wrestler, uh, Mickey Mantle made $15,000. My first year in wrestling, professional wrestling, I made $20,000. And from that time on, there was no question wrestling was for me. Now it's changed. I grant you that it's changed now. Uh, Baseball players make a whole big bunch more money than they did that back then. Well, as do do football players, because of the the stories, you know, about Wahoo and the great Ernie Ladd, you know, they were playing pro football and they, they, during the off season, they, they would go someplace and and wrestle professionally and they'd make more money during the summertime doing the pro wrestling bit. And and so they both retired from football and came into the pro wrestling business, correct? That's true. My, my hasn't been changed. 
<laughs> has it ever i can't see that happening now where they're not making enough money but and when you and let's get let's go to when when you when you played the sumbo sumbo that was your last game in college football you you, uh, you 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 loaded up the truck i think you guys had to drive your own cars back home from the from the bowl game or something like that right uh no no you, you had that you had transportation at those schools too huh would you stop? <laughs> no, we we flew we flew airplanes. Oh yeah, they That's had airplanes right. back then. <laughs> so, Joy, so you got how, back. How old do you think I am? <laughs> oh well, we'll get into that. You're, uh, well, so anyway, you got back from from the Sun Bowl, and you, you, your dad, your dad, okay, the gates open now. Go to your training. He, he met me at the airplane, and I signed a contract. Uh, on the steps of uh, the returning aircraft wow. and became a professional wrestler right there. Now, you didn't sign with your dad. Your dad wasn't uh, all the way promoter. It was, it was his business partner at the time. That you um, right? yeah, yeah, my father was the guy I yeah. needed to sign with. Yeah. He was the boss. Yeah, he was the boss at that time. Cool. So yes. you, you, you get into pro wrestling. Now, I know, you know, being a rise, in a rising family that, that you learn this stuff, you learn the, learn the stuff in the ring at an early age because of your, your dad or whoever is a little older. You and, yeah, and you did. So your, your dad had actually trained you. So did you, uh, how long was the, the down, uh, downtime from playing in that football game until you got in the ring for the first time? Uh, a week or two. Maybe wow, a week just, Yeah. So who 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 was who was who was your opponent? Do you remember your first opponent? I don't think I can remember who was my first opponent. I I can remember that Jerry Down Logan, an All American football player from West Texas, was in my corner, and my opponent. It's hard to hard to call. Yeah. I can't. Remember well, you you name. you guys had such such great talent at at, at, uh, at in Amarillo territory at that time too, and uh, you know all the great the Art Nelsons, the Nelson Rolls, and so many other great guys that you had there. That's and right. So, so you're you're kind of learning in the ring. When did you bump into the great Luthes? Oh boy, I wrestled Luthes. Uh, in 1953, 1963, I wrestled Luthes, and it was a one-hour draw. Wow. And uh, I got to give him credit. Uh, he was a fabulous wrestler. And was that yeah, like he... coming through Amarillo, or was that where was that match at? That match was in Amarillo. And he was coming through, and he was, I guess he was the NWA champion at the time? Uh, yes, he was, but he was there at the favor of my father, Nori Foxini. Was the championship on the line at the time? Yes. So it we, was wrestled for, we wrestled for an hour. Did you guys do anything to see who was going to be the contender for the NWA championship? Did you have a battle royal? Did you have a tournament or something? The, the you're the one that was chosen obviously but there was there a way to to get to that storyline wise through the wrestling 
We did have a battle royal at one time, and I came out on top of the battle royal, and it, yeah, it got me another chance at the NWA World Championship, but on that occasion, I didn't come through. And you started there in Amarillo. When did you start going to Japan from that? Did you start right away? Did you go somewhere else first from Amarillo? Where, when did you start going to Japan from Amarillo? 1969 was my first trip. And then was that with Baba? All Japan, right? That was uh, with Inoki. With Inoki. Now, was Inoki just starting up the, the company then, or was, uh, was Inoki the boss at that point? Uh, they were a legalized company in Japan. They were uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and describe oh, and a little Baba bit. And Inoki were, Baba and Inoki were working for the same company. That was So that was before the split? They split in 72. Yeah, that was before the split. Was there just one company then in Japan? No, there's always been two companies. Right. Or more. And, and at that time, describe a little bit about Japan at that time. Was Anoki and Ababa with the biggest company at the time? And was there another, you know, obviously some competitors trying to compete with them that then uh, Baba and Anoki split up? But describe a little bit about the Japanese at the time, the, the wrestling scene, please. The wrestling scene in Japan, they had great wrestlers. Uh, they didn't uh, have fighters cheat, uh, hit people with chairs, but they didn't do all that stuff. It, when you went to Japan, it was pure wrestling, very close to amateur wrestling. And Japan became big for Americans to go to and made quite a bit of money. You guys made a lot of money. Stan made a lot of money. Uh, the money was made- the money. The money was very good in Japan. It was like being world champion. The pay was the same. Wow. How many Americans were, like, say, over there on a tour? Were there, were there quite a few, or did that come in later, or what was it? What no, was it like? all of the, the Americans didn't get paid the same. But on a tour of Japan, there could be four, four Americans. Right. But they, they weren't all pulling in money like former champions. Right, Dory. Do, 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 uh, uh, Japan, yeah. You, you and Giant Baba were real tight, and you guys had some classic matches over there. How did you find a Japanese audience? You know, when you first went over, because you, you were, you, you had, you had the, the heritage of of an amateur wrestler, and Baba could 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 for his size, he he could wrestle a little bit. You guys had some classic matches over there. How were the crowds when you guys were in the ring? You, you got to know the same thing when you give those people uh, real wrestling. All of a sudden, they get with it. And uh, a, a really good amateur wrestler can do some really great things as a pro wrestler. I know because I had quite a few wrestling matches with wrestlers named Briscoe. Yeah, fact, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had my uh, 
if I were going to list my best wrestling matches that I had in my career, wrestling, they were against Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, Jerry Briscoe. <laughs> Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, and Jerry Briscoe. <laughs> and Jerry Briscoe and Jack Briscoe. So there's 10. Those were yeah. 10 yeah, of we, well, we go we we go back a long ways. I wanted to get into that a little bit, uh, but do you recall the first time that Jack came down to Amarillo for TV right after he got out of Oklahoma State, right after winning a national title? Hey, yes, I do. I remember him coming in down there. Uh, who did he wrestle? I'm not sure. I think he wrestled uh, Don Kent. Uh, very well could be. Yeah. Uh, don't remember the match, but I remember the occasion. Yeah. And the importance of uh, getting in touch with Jack Briscoe. Yeah. Did did your did your did your dad see the potential and Jack at the time and, and see dollar side with you you and brother Jack down the road there? He must have because he, he. Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father loved amateur wrestling. Right. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. He was amateur wrestler and went to Indiana University and. Right. Had a terrific career yeah. himself. Yeah. He loved so, people that could wrestle. Yeah. So so that that was one of Jack's first TV experiences out of the state of Oklahoma and just out of irony, you know, because your dad and Leroy had that exchange uh, going along. A lot of people don't realize what the exchange of the wrestlers were, but back in back in our day with our beginning days, territories didn't carry a lot of talent and you didn't want to beat the same guys every week on TV. So Lee, between Leroy and your dad, they would send Leroy would send a carload of guys down to Amarillo for TVs, and vice versa. You you guys would send a carload up up to Oklahoma for TV also. We got it. You got it. We had fresh TV shows too. Yeah, you always had somebody fresh to to get in the ring with and stuff like that. And yeah, good, that was, yeah. good talent though. Yeah. We didn't send cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't send cheap talent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were, yeah. They were good. yeah. Good classic wrestlers. Yeah. And jumping around a little bit here, I, when Jack came down, he spent a few weeks there. And I, 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 before I, him or Terry were champion, I think they were working an angle with each other. And I, one day, Jack and Terry wrecked three cars. I've told John that. John, <laughs> I, I, I don't think John believes me, but you can back that story up, correct? They they did three cars in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Total wrecks. How? How did they wreck three cars in one day? Drinking? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not Terry was, and Jack. One, one was Jack and two were Terry. <laughs> The way I remember, Jack got a rent a car first, and uh, and uh, him and Terry were going down to Lubbock or somewhere down down away from uh, Amarillo, and uh, and 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 they wrecked a car, the rent a car, right away. So Jack, Jack, what am I going to do, Terry? Well, I don't know. We're just wait, wait a minute, Jerry, Jerry. Were they drinking that? How early were they drinking? Uh, John, it was early. <laughs> they, were, they were on their way, on their way to Abilene. Abilene, so it couldn't have been too early. How far a trip, road trip is Abilene? 280 miles. 
So it probably was early. <laughs> so anyway, they, they leave, they leave out of there and Jack wrecks the rent a car. Jack's all fret and everything. Terry telling Jack, don't worry about it. Well, uh, what my, did he wreck my, the rent a car into? I don't know. They just wrecked it. Uh, and uh, it gets bad. Yeah, it gets better though. And Dory will back me up on it. So uh, uh, Terry, Terry said, I'll just call my old man, a friend, and he'll run me over to my old man's house. We can pick up one of his cars because I guess Dory had several cars laying around there. So they went, they went, and got one of uh, seniors' cars. About Terry's driving now. So about three or four, five, ten miles down the road, another accident happened. Another I don't know accident. How yeah, another accident happened. So that's two cars down. And Terry, oh, don't worry. My dad's got a pickup truck. We can take that pickup truck. He so went they took. They went and got the pickup truck. They made it to Abilene. On the way back, they were coming back. Of course, you know, a man's got to relieve himself every once in a while. So they pulled over the side of the road. Terry opened the door of the old man's pickup truck. They were standing there uh, relieving themselves. A car came by and took the door off. Yeah, a car <laughs> came by and took the door off and slid like a thousand feet down the road there. And it kept on going. So Terry yeah. and Jack drove back to Amarillo without a car door. <laughs> I think it was wintertime, wasn't it? Yeah, it was wintertime, too. <laughs> well, Dory, what did your dad say to him? Uh, I can't say it on uh, public <laughs> television. I can't say it. My father came, a, came from a, a tough area of the country. And from a tough business, amateur wrestling, professional wrestling. And he was very explicit, especially if you got married. <laughs> yeah, especially if you wrecked two of his cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll do and, it. And the great thing about it, Jack was leaving the next morning, so he didn't have to face uh, senior. That's true. <laughs> You're bringing back all the details to me. Uh, yeah, there were there were some wild times on those roads in West Texas, man. We had we had a ball down there. We had Scott Casey, who was one of your stars. He was Western States champion for a while down there. You mean Scott, Scott Crazy? Scott Crazy. <laughs> you you might you know I might know this story. He was with Wahoo. He was with uh, Tom Jones, and he was with uh, Mel Mascaris. And they they were leaving, going somewhere out there in West Texas. They pulled over the side of the road and they saw a UFO, according to Scott Crazy. I got you. And do you, do you have any knowledge of that story? I remember them coming back and telling the story of the UFO, but I, <laughs> I can't place it in exactly how it went. Well, you're I like the rest of us. Yeah, sure you saw I, it, Eva. I think they saw a falling star. Yeah, it probably was. Out that West Texas, I mean, the skies are bright out there. You can see for thousands of miles. It's actually That's beautiful true. country. It's actually beautiful country, uh, contrary to popular belief about Texas. It's got what do you mean, popular country. belief? <laughs> well, John, I'm just telling the truth, my friend. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you can see forever. But did were there any other sightings of UFOs out there, out, out, out in that part of the world? You know, I never saw one. I saw and damn, you're, you're on the road for a hundred years out there, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, I never saw a falling star. I've seen some in pro wrestling. Falling stars. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of them, brother. You're looking at yeah, two, right? Of, a lot of them, brother. Uh, yeah. 
So maybe, maybe Scott Casey was with uh, Jerry was with uh, your brother and Terry uh, uh, before they wrecked the vehicles. Yeah, it was. He probably was. I mean, they they were all three running mates out there. I think and, he and, was. And, and, and you know, you know, and and the thing about it is, John, you know, Fabe was really strict. Dory Senior had a real strict Fabe policy, and here's his son. Fabe was strict. Yeah, and a potential world champion going down. Guys who were who was wrestling each other, going down the road together, you know, drinking wrecking cars. So, you know, if, if the police wanted to make a big deal, I mean, Terry and Terry and uh, Jack probably would have had to find other places to work the rest of the career. <laughs> it was very much a kayfabe situation back then. Yeah. And well, your, your, your dad taught Eddie Graham so much of what he knows to be become a promoter. The Cal Farley boys race. Eddie came down here with the Florida Sheriff boys race. The the promotion of amateur wrestling that your dad was involved in. Eddie Graham did the same thing. Eddie Graham, you know, I think your dad and Eddie one night was out, out on the road uh, having a few, and your dad gave him a blueprint, and Eddie got back to Florida and just about copied that blueprint to the T. Am I correct on that, Dory? You are absolutely. Well, Eddie Graham spent some time in the Amarillo Territory. It wasn't like just a week, or, but it was several months. And he was Rip Rogers then, right? He was Rip Rogers. <laughs> wow. That's a better name than Eddie Graham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you remember any of those times when, when Eddie was out there? Uh, was, was, he, was he a crazy man or was Eddie pretty, pretty in tune to what was going on in the business and really a, a student of the game? I remember when he was flying an airplane and we were coming back from a town back home to Amarillo and he got to a certain place and there was some rain out there so he wanted to go around the clouds he turned left while we were going north in the state of Florida and flew out over the Gulf of Mexico oh that that's when you guys were coming back from Fort Myers Florida right and that's what it was, Fort Myers, yeah, Florida. Fort Myers, Florida. Yeah, I, I remember that story. Yeah, you, you, you. He turned left. We went out over the ocean, and there was no going back. Now, Ed, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie hadn't been drinking at that time, had he? Yes, he had. <laughs> yes, he had. I, I well, I'm, gl I'm glad you're backing these up because I've told these stories of Layfield, and he just don't seem to believe me that Eddie. No, I believe you. I just don't <laughs> understand why you would consistently get into an airplane with a person that's drunk. <laughs> he was a good I pilot. <laughs> I can't give you an answer to that. <laughs> but the good thing about Dory, Dory, you you knew you had you had your, your pilot's license then. So you I knew. had my pilot's license, but I was sitting in the back seat. Uh, and there was nothing I could do. So how except long did you go way, for the goal? Except talk my way out of it. And as we were going west out of the state of Florida over the Gulf, I told I told Eddie, I screamed at him. I said, you got to turn this thing around <laughs> and go back to Florida. Uh, when I said that, I don't know why, but the Lord was looking after us. He made a right-hand turn, flew all the way back into Florida to the Tampa International Airport, landed the airplane perfect, and we all got out safe. Very wow. Unusual. 
Yeah, well, you you know as well as I do. I mean, there were so many occasions that I was a part of. Like John said, I repeatedly went back and got on the airplane. You know, you've probably heard the story where he tried to land in that shopping center uh, parking lot, you know, that's a (laughs) couple of miles before the runway there at Tampa International. Do you remember that story? Yeah. He did that, and then a couple others. I mean, he used to. He used to crank that old stereo up and listen to Merle Haggard. He, he, when oh, he was, Merle when Haggard he, and the stereo? Yeah, yeah. You when he was at, talk to Eddie. Uh, you couldn't when talk to Eddie. Yeah. Airplane, you couldn't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, if, the, uh, if, the, if, the, if the law was, was after Eddie, they pulled him up. Eddie would land that airplane. He, he would always had just off of fresh juice. He'd pop his head, his, his head with his fist. And tell the cops, you know, he got hit over the head by Pac Song or Dory Funk or something like that. And he had a little blackout, the reason he had that problem. And Eddie was so well respected here in town, he said, All right, Eddie, just drive, get home, and, and be safe, you know. That's true. It was, uh, Eddie gave a lot to the wrestling business. He certainly did, and, and the community here. I mean, with all all his his deal, he started. Like I said, he started at that, uh, that youth rate for for amateur wrestling, and then he, he started. For, he gave a lot to the real wrestlers. Yeah, he did, and that that was a You're passion. Uh, that was a pa- yeah, that was a passion of, of of Eddie's, and I think that passion grew from his relationship with your dad. I. I have to say, yes, I think that yeah. that was a big part of Eddie Graham's personality. Yeah. So, Dory, talk, talk us through, you know, when, when, when there's talk about giving Dory Funk Jr. the World Heavyweight Championship. Take us through that process. A lot of people don't know. They know, well, there's an NWA and they had a meeting and they voted. But who were some of the cast and characters there? Who was behind you pushing you and, 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 and wanting you to be the champion? Dory Funk Jr. Dory Funk Jr. Was Eddie, Eddie and Vern, or uh, Bob Geigel, they, they were also on, on your dad's side, right? They they helped me extensively in pro wrestling. I can't thank them enough. Uh, well, I, I know Bob Geigel. He was, he, he was an amateur <laughs> wrestler also. So uh, him and your dad would come up during the same time there. He got into promotion. Then your dad got into promotion. So they had that tight amateur bond and then that professional bond later on where they were, they were really tight friends. Yeah, but it's a great business. If I walk in the ring with the Briscoe brothers, there's going to be some real wrestling there. For, for sure. For sure. So, exactly. so tell us a little, tell us a little bit about, about when your dad was pushing you to the committee, you know, I want my son to be world champion. He's done the training. He, he's got the background. He's an athlete, he's a college graduate. He's young. He can go. He can go forever. Tell us a little he bit about that. He didn't have to say that. Everybody wanted me. Okay. He didn't have to say it. Had you already made the rounds as they, as they used to do? You know, uh, you know the, 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 those. I had, I, had, I had worked the territories, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times before, <laughs> before NWA would make a champion. They paid they a would, lot better when I was champion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I bet they did. But when uh, when 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 the NWA was was doing the the, the the road for the championship, the guy that was in line for it would go all across the nation, putting the local stars over. So when they came back, they would have a built-in built-in program with with the with the local wrestlers. Correct. 
I don't know any local wrestlers that could stay with me. <laughs> well, the Briscoes stayed with you a few times. Oh, the Briscoes. <laughs> yeah, the, Bris the Briscoes did it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you get to pitch. How were you? How were you? How did you? How were you informed, Dory? We we're going to go with you. How was that? What? Informed. Uh, you know that that you're getting. You're referee, getting. You're getting a nod. The referee went one, two, <laughs> three. And I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, you know, Dory. That's the the Jack says in his book, and I'm I'm sure you've looked across it. Jack said in his book that was the greatest night in his career. And everybody, why, Jack? You won the title. Why was Dory winning the great uh, uh, being the greatest night in his career? And Jack said because a guy like Dory Funk has the same background as I do. It opened my eyes to know that a guy like me can win that title. That's right. That's right. And he certainly deserved it, too. That was at Tampa, Florida against a great Gene Kaneski. Where you are, yep. right? That's a hell of an accomplishment against Gene Kaneski. Gene, Gene was a, one of those great athletes, one of those big, raw bone, uh, Northwestern guy type guys, one of those big lumberjack looking guys. Man, what an impressive champion he was. They went from uh, he was a pro football player too. They went from this big bang up brawler to an athletic young college guy who who, who looked apart and who, who once he was in the ring could, could do the part. And you went yeah. around and you and you and Jack you and Jack just automatically just hit it off for some reason. I think it was because of both of you guys had great athletic ability. But when did you know that you had a, a dancing partner in Jack Briscoe that you could go all around the world with? I think after my first championship match with him. Yeah. You know, there was a period of time when I was champion that I, and I've looked back at my records, that I didn't work a lot with Jack Briscoe. Mm -hmm. But when the fans and the promoters saw what we could give them for a championship wrestling match, all of a sudden I look at my history books that says Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, Jack Briscoe. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to fill And Jerry Briscoe. And Jerry, Jack I'm going to fill Jack Briscoe. And Jerry Briscoe. Yeah, yeah Jerry. Oh. I'm going to fill the fans in on, on, on how that how that came about. Because back in, as, as everybody knows, in the NWA, we had our own little territories. And each one of those territories were protected by TV rights where NWA members were not infringed on another guy's uh, area because of TV. But Eddie, Eddie had the foresight to know this match was magic. And remember, he syndicated it out. I think it was like 40 or 50 different cities across the United States where NWA was really hot. And he put that 60-minute that, that Broadway that, uh, draw that you guys had in Bayfront Center. That thing went all over, basically all over the world. That kind of set that rivalry up to any place you guys wanted to go, correct? It was any place, uh, any place we went, Jack Briscoe and myself, it was going to be a huge crowd. And Jerry, was that one of the first national Dory. syndicated Dory. matches that the way the way it was? Uh, I'm Dory. The what? I'm Dory. No, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was asking. I was asking. I don't know. I was. I was asking. I, I didn't say Terry. Terry I said Jerry. 
I was asking Jerry. Oh, you but... said Jerry. Okay. No, no, no. I don't know. No, no. I... I thought you said Jerry. No, turn no, your no, hearing. No. Turn turn your hearing aid up, fuck. No, I was talking. I was, I was asking Jerry a question on that, and uh, no, you know, me and Terry almost got in a fight one time at five o'clock in the morning at a gas station because I topped off the rental car, and he got mad because it was like thirty extra cents, and he goes, Ted, "That's how you go broke." And I'm like, literally, we almost got into a fight. <laughs> I really don't want to fight Terry Funk at five o'clock in the morning at a gas station. So <laughs> I love Terry. I, I, Terry was Terry was such a good guy. I got to tag with Terry. Uh, in WWE, it was just one of the thrills of my life to get the tag with one of the one of the Funk brothers. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate that very much, and I'll relay that information to my brother. What I was what I was going to ask uh, Mr. Briscoe was was that one of the first matches you say it was uh, basically syndicated that sixty minute uh, Broadway that they did at the Bayfront? So they sent it to all the different territories, and so that was one of the first nationally kind of syndicated matches, right? As far as I know, uh, that wasn't on national TV. Of course, you know, we've talked about the national TV with Barnett and and, and uh, the guys up in Chicago before, but that that was long afterwards. But I think Eddie Eddie, Eddie was powerful in the NWA along with uh, Dory Senior, and I think together they worked all the territories and and the country and and had to, they had to buy that hour that's how uh, professional wrestling was back in those days but all of the NWA bought purchased that hour and i think it was like 40 or 50 market i'm not sure of the number of market but somewhere around along that area but yeah john that was one of the first indications that was used to build a program with and and, and that that era of the business you know, Dory, it must be amazing to you have one of the greatest rivalries ever in the history of wrestling with Jack Briscoe. And also when you talk about tag teams, you talk about the great brother tag teams, you know, later came along the Steiners and, uh, you know, Harlem Heat, uh, you know, some great brother teams came along. But you guys were really the first. You had two of the greatest rivalries in singles and in tag team matches, all with people named Briscoe. That had to be, that had to be pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm saying that that had to be a, a pretty unique thing to have. Uh, here you have you got your opponent, Jack Briscoe uh, and Jerry, but then also you and your brother, Terry, have got this great brother-on-brother -brother, uh, tag team match also going all around, all around the loop that had to be a lot of fun. Or it had to be like, oh, my God, we got the Briscoes again. <laughs> it was never said. Those words were never heard. Never, ever. <laughs> I was always thrilled to have the Briscoes, either as a single or as a tag team match. Uh, it's always a thrill to walk in the ring with you. You know you're going to come out of there really impressing the fans. Yeah. Oh, Dory, I know I had my, my first championship match where I went to the world title was against you in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, back when I was just a rookie. And you just you just become champion there, and I you know I had, I remember Jim Crockett Senior coming to me. He said, "Kid, I'm gonna put you with the champion, and and uh, you know you guys are gonna go Broadway." And uh, and I started freaking out because I'd never gone longer than 45 minutes in my <laughs> life. But I remember talking to you that night, Dory. I'm scared to death, Dory. I'm scared to death. You just said you know, the old basic said, "Kid, just just don't relax and listen to me, and we'll get through it." 
And I never <laughs> will forget that night, man. We and that was the beginning of of of. Did I ever call you, you kid? Did you have what? Did I ever call you kid? I think you did. <laughs> At that night, when you were champion, you did. I think. So anyway, but you know, Dory, what do you think made made those matches so special? Number one, the matches with you and Jack are just to this day they look. They're learning tools today. I mean, they're they're teaching tools. You go over WWE uh, uh, Performance Center up there, and you talk about it. That's one of the matches that they they want the kids to to research and watch over and over again because the matches were just such quality. Why do you, and, and then second of all, the tag teams, which are hard to do at times. And John knows this when you, when you got four guys out there on their own agenda, but there were, nobody was on their own agenda. Why do you think those tag teams and, and single matches with, with the Fox and Briscoe work so well? Well, so many people don't realize this, but we're in a giving business. And so many wrestlers, even as I go and watch on TV today, they go out and ring and what can I do to make myself look good? What can I do? How can I be good myself? What can I do for me? It's not what can you do for me? It's what can I do for you? That's the story of the business. So you, we, the, way I, the way I try to explain, we had four guys out there that when we got in the ring together, we had no fear that that we're going to get your shit in, as the guys say today. You know, we're, oh, we're yeah, going to, yeah, okay. we had, we had no fear of Is that. Is that what we you had, said? Yeah, yeah, and and we had we, we, that's what I that's what I related to today. But we, we had four guys out there that had when they were against each other, had no egos inside that ring with each other because we knew each other. If we gave a lot, we were going to get a lot. And I think you guys had the same same opinion of us. You guys knew you could go out there and do your best and work a match exactly how you want, but you knew you were going to get everything back in the end, too. Oh, absolutely. That's the, that's the story of wrestling, but that's also the story of life. You get back what you give. And, Dory, you had the, the title for so long. I mean, it, for one, it had yeah. to it had to wear on you, didn't it? I mean, when when you finally ended up losing the title, was it almost a relief at that point that okay, I've done it, <laughs> thank goodness, because that no, time it was the whole trip as world champion was an absolute thrilling pleasure uh, to go to the places I went, uh, to have the opportunity to give something to. My opponents, my promoters, the wrestling fans. That's what wrestling is really about. And until you can really understand that, it's uh, it's a rough business to break into. Yeah. When, when, when you finally gave it up, did you know the time was right for you, or do you think you could have gone a couple other a uh, couple more years, or were you just ready after that grueling schedule that he explained? to some of our fans out there, what that schedule was like. How many nights a year were you guys actually on the road? I was on the road probably 300 days a year. And it it was a very rough thing to do and very difficult for my family. And in the end, I gave up things because I wanted to be with my family. Uh, 
see my kids, play with my kids, uh, do a lot of things with them to make them happy. And it wasn't there uh, in the wrestling business with me gone across the country uh, 300 days out of the year. That just didn't work. And it proved true. Yeah. And, I did get and, and I did get divorced. What? I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. I, it, uh, it, it did. It, it, it cost me my first marriage. There's no question. I was gone all the time. And a lot of people don't look at the 300 nights a year. And a lot of people did 300 nights a year. But your 300 nights a year were different than everybody else on the card. Because you had, oh, to, clo you had to close the show. And you had to wrestle an hour or you had to wrestle half an hour at least. You had to, you know, if, if the crowd was hot, you had to keep them hot. If the crowd was bad, you had to make, leave them happy. There was so much pressure on you. It's completely different from everybody else on the card when you're closing the show. But the, 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 the pressure of being 300 nights a year on the road in main events is a complete different pressure, right? From being It just was, it was all my pleasure to be where I was doing the things that I did. My part in the wrestling business, I am totally thrilled with. And did, did you ever get to the point where you just think I can follow anybody? I mean, I'm just curious because, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you look at, look at the great talent, they may not always say it, but you know, guys like you, Dory, guys like undertaker, Shawn Michaels, you know, guys like Jack Briscoe, Jerry Briscoe, your brother, they, they, they know they can follow pretty much anybody at that point in your career. Were you just thinking, I don't care what's ahead of me. I'm going to close it. I'm going to leave them all standing on their feet. Did you ever think you think that deep inside? Yeah, I do <laughs> right now. I can follow anybody. <laughs> well, I think I think to be such a great champion like you were, that had to be part of your attitude. I, I know it, you know that. That's the point of this what, interview. That's yeah. the point of this interview. I can follow anybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new book right there. <laughs> oh yeah, new book. Yeah, I can follow anybody. And like but Jerry yeah, Lee Lewis said, you want to follow anybody. the killer, you better get a pine box. <laughs> Dory, Dory, I know I, you know you 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 know back in our day we watched all the matches before before our, our match was supposed to go on, and you'd see a match right before yours, and you kind of hoped it was good because the crowd was there, so you could just take that crowd to a different level that that the match that left it before didn't think they could get it to, and then then you go out there with your opponent. And then you bust it to a different level there. And that's, that's like one of the, and John will back that, that's one of the best feelings we have in our business when you, you just fill those crowds that, that take, you've took it to a different level. You and your brother both could do that. And there's not many people even right now that, that, can, that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we had magic dancing partners and, uh, you know, now, out, out of all the matches, I know it'd be hard to pick a, your, your, your favorite, but you and Jack had so many. I know I, I was. Oh, me and to, Jack had. We, I went, we had a fabulous time. Yeah, I went to a few of them in Japan, and, and, and like you say, the people out there, you know, you'd watch, watch the cards and watch the buildup. And John knows that the Japanese uh, audience is so astute, they don't get riled up over anything. 
but you and Jack would go, you you and Jack would go out there and you'd start you'd start your your maneuvers and your outright. But you're right when you do a good wrestling move over in Japan, the boom you get that pop that you're looking for, and you you can sustain it by continuing the chain wrestling that you and Jack were able to do. When you get them, you've got them in Japan. Yeah. Really do. Dory, the, the timeline, was it the part of the timeline for when you lost the ch championship, pass it on to, to, to Harley Race? Uh, the wreck that you had, was that part of this, the reason for that? You had the, you had the terrible wreck that uh, was right, was during that time period. Did that have something to do with the, the, the championship uh, ended up being lost? The wreck was a wreck. Had nothing to do with the championship. Had nothing. I didn't. I didn't know from from that you had some injuries or anything. You that, knew that's what the, you knew ahead of time. That's what your answer was going to be. The wreck well, was I, a wreck. Well, no, I, that's why I ask. I, I just, I, 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 going through your timeline of the history of your your matches and the wreck, and I didn't really know if that had anything to do with it and uh, had any you know part of the injuries or or are being able to defend the championship. How bad, because I, I, I really don't know, Dor Dory, how bad was the, how bad was the wreck as far as physically? Did, was, there, was there much problems that came from it? Uh, yeah, my head was uh, 16 stitches, something like that. Busted my knee up. It's, today, my knee still bothers me. Busted it. Yeah, yeah, the wreck took its toll. It also... Yeah, I Horseback playing early, uh, loss of the world championship. The wreck was real. Yeah, take take us through that too. You you lost it. Where were you? Up in Kansas City? Was it Kansas City or was it one of their other towns? It was one of their other towns, and I don't remember. Yeah. And exactly. and you lost you lost a Hardy there. Was there some controversy that you feel happened there because? Our business has been fulfilled with screw jobs throughout the history of it. You know, we go back to Gorgeous Door, to Don Eagle, you, you, you can call it a couple other. But was there some controversy when, when Harley took took the title from you that night? Nothing other than that I was forced back into the ring. Yeah. Okay, uh, let, uh, tell me this now. What what? Why why was the decision made to go with Harley instead of my brother Jack? It's basically what I'm getting at. Because when when you went up to work with hundred percent, my my when my you went up to, when okay when you hundred percent. So okay when you went up to work when you went went up went to work work with Harley and dropped the title. That that originally because you 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 were scheduled a what a few months earlier to drop it so. That that schedule actually was translated over to Jack, so that that probably was Jack's shot there. Don't you don't you agree or what? Am I wrong on assuming that? I can't stay up with you. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, uh, the the, the if thing Jack is, or Jerry are in the ring. Fans are going to see a wrestling match. Yeah. If anybody like Jack and Jerry are in the ring with me. They're yeah. going to see a wrestling match. Yeah, we're we're going to get it done, and we're going to get it to them. Yeah. And the fans, each and every one, are going to believe what they see right. at the time they see it. Yeah. At the time they see it. Yeah. 
that's you guys. Yeah, John. I'm gonna, is John still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm right here, right here uh, Jerry. I, <laughs> I was letting you finish uh, your, your line of thought on, on the championship match. I just – it was – I just oh. – I guess the, the championship that was, I guess what Jerry was questioning was the, it, it was. I got, I got, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Sure. JBL, are you there? Yes, sir. Right here. Yes, sir. My wife just whispered in my ear. She wants you to give us some stock tips. <laughs> wants, wants to know your feelings on WWE stock. I tell you what, it's that's the best merger I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it, it is unbelievable what what Vince McMahon did and WWE did with the merger with Endeavor and UFC. I, I think it creates this incredible global company that has so many synergies from cable contracts to social media uh, overlaps to, to so many different things to characters that can that can migrate between shows. Uh, you know, WWE shows and and UFCs. Uh, combat shows i think it's tremendous what they've done I, i'm just i'm blown away by how good that merger at least looks on paper you know you, everything you know things can look good on paper and not always come to fruition in, in real life but to me it just seems like it's a terrific uh, merger and it's uh, I, i've never seen the, <clears throat> the business looking better i mean they're, these guys are filling massive arenas it's it's unbelievable what they're doing do you like it dory i love it my wife marty is jumping up and down she's thrilled to hear what you do she's in hysterics <laughs> john 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 how john john how long how long go go ahead marty go ahead marty We've made money. I'm thrilled. <laughs> okay, great. How long does We'd it take, like John, John, for the... Uh, We'd like uh, to invite any investor out there by WWE stock. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How how long, John, does it take for this merger, the process of it to, to go through where, where it's official? Probably six to nine months. And even from now, it's going to take a while. You know, you've got a million lawyers. you got a million things you got to... You know, they've, they agreed you know, first on a handshake before they got an MOU, then they got a binding MOU, then they've got, you know, more set it into a contract. So it's just, it, this stuff just takes a long time. This is a 22 or $23 billion yeah. company, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, I mean, this is one of the biggest companies in the world now, you know, I know there's, you know, you got Apple at 3 trillion, but there aren't many billion dollar companies and now 23 billion dollar company it's just an amazing story that that vince bought this company from his father for a million dollars in 1981 and it just got valued at 9.3 billion before this merger now the combined merger is 22 billion i mean that is just it's just unheard of you know when we back in the sportatorium you had your sportatorium in florida we had ours down in texas you know, when you had that old nasty building, it's hard to believe that now that business that you're part of is a at least just one company is now this $22 billion conglomerate. It's uh, amazing what's happened to this business. Don't you think the same thing, Jerry? I mean, as far as what I, I, I certainly do. I mean, uh, we, we all three of us have seen this business grow. I mean, uh, from just a little backyard studio wrestling now where they, they, they set up a, a 20,000 seat arena to be the studio for wrestling, which that's, that's totally amazing to me when 
Dory and I both, we wrestled, and you did too, at the sport. We were wrestling in front of crowds, 30, 30 to 50 people for TV, you know, and made <laughs> yeah. it work. But nowadays, you know, they're, like you say, they're selling out arenas coast to coast and, and nation to nation. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'd like to ask Dory another question. You know, you mentioned it in the intro, the, the trainer. A lot of times Dory gets overlooked for being such a great trainer. I mean, you look at WWE annals. I mean, there's Kurt Angle and several other guys. Tell, tell us a little bit, Dory, who all, who all did you have the pleasure of training? And let's start, let's start with Kurt Angle. What did you see at Kurt Angle when you saw him coming out? I saw what every wrestling fan wants to see. Every wrestling fan, when they're sitting ringside, they want to believe what they're looking at. And Kurt Angle was uh, a great, to start with, amateur wrestler. But also, he was a great professional wrestler. And Kurt Angle could give the people realism, and he could give the people entertainment. And he did it, and he did a hell of a job of it. And everything that uh, Kurt Angle uh, got out of the wrestling business, he certainly deserved. Yeah, yeah. Kurt, Kurt used to tell me all the time when when I first was uh, on the road with him that you compared him with Brother Jack all the time, and it's all that 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 that. I did, him. yes, yes. Uh, he and Jack. Were, uh, who were some of the other Jack guys Kurt, that you? Jack Briscoe and Kurt Angle were for real. Yeah, yeah they really were for real. So you could get with them? Yeah, yeah. Who were some of the other guys that you were training at that time, uh, uh, Dory? Oh. Uh, who else was I we training at that time? Uh, All right, Edge. 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 Edge, well. Wow. Lita came later. Lita. Who besides uh, Lita? Well, so so far, Dory, you've only mentioned three Hall of Famers, so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good record there that you that you've got. They they were really good talent, uh, and did a fabulous job for us. And, and still and, good, and a really good trainer, and a really good trainer, exactly. Right, thank you, and, thank you. And uh, speaking of speaking of trainers, uh, I know you know we're working. When the folks find you now, and you're still you're still training, and uh, I hope you don't mind. You what? You're in your eighties, early eighties, and you're still out there training with these guys, ah. which I find is just amazing and fantastic. But knowing you, like I know you, I know there's no end in sight. Tell us a little bit about about the Funkin uh, uh, Observatory up uh, up in Ocala. Well, I got I got to keep their respect when they go in the ring. So what I teach them gets back to amateur wrestling. And I start there. They have to start there. Then we bring it forward. And as we go, uh, amateur wrestling moves, then workable pro wrestling moves, uh, such as a wrist lock a hammerlock, a crossface, uh, top body scissors, uh, top body scissors and stretching. And then we get into working a wrestling match. How's it going to work? How are we going to put it together? And all of this 
is entertaining the wrestling fans. It's all done for the wrestling fans. Did that explain it? Yeah. How many, how many students do you have up there on an average uh, that you go through? Um, 12, 13, Good. 14. So the, the classes are just the right size where they, they all receive, and I've watched, I've watched you teach up there, and they all receive that personalized training. Yeah, they all good, receive that a personalized training. That's a good training to give them. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't exclude anybody. The young ladies uh, that are up there, you've had some tremendous young ladies up there, and you, you, you've trained that. Uh, but uh, are you still very active in that now? Uh, sure. How do the folks find you, uh, Dory, on, on this? Bang Wrestling. Bang Wrestling, correct? Bang Wrestling, yes. Bang TV. Okay. Professional Bang TV. Wrestling. Okay, they can go on Google, and how do they find it on Google? Just type in Bang TV Wrestling. Just type in uh, Dory Funk, Dory Funk Wrestling. What else? That'll do it. That'll get it. Dory Funk Wrestling. Yeah. That'll, that'll well, get them their information. Well, Dory, I want to tell you, I, I, I didn't want to tell you at the very beginning because I didn't want to come across as just a complete fanboy or Mark, but uh, – one of my youngest memories in my life, I adored my grandfather. I love my grandfather. We used to watch wrestling together and we were at the crossroads there in Sweetwater, Texas, right outside of Abilene, where we got a little bit of the Amarillo television and a little bit of the uh, world-class television of Fritz. And so me and my grandfather spent uh, every uh, Sunday uh, talking about either the, the Funk uh, Brothers or Fritz von Erich, you know, before the kids uh, debuted, before Kevin came in first and David and Carrie and all that stuff. So you and your brother uh, are one of the main reasons that uh, of great memories that I have with my grandfather. And one of the main reasons I got into the business, because I love the fact that Fritz von Erich and the boys were Texan and the funk brothers were just reeked of Texas. It was so cool to me to grow up. <laughs> watching you guys and you guys were such a big influence. And then I got to meet you and they say, don't meet your idols. I completely disagree. I met my idols and it blew away any expectations that I had of greatness. You were so much better in person after meeting you and your brother, Terry, I got to tag with Terry. So I just want to, I want to thank you for uh, all those years and for being the man that you are. It's just, it's a pleasure to me to be able to be able to know you. My wife said we need to give you a hug. <laughs> if you were here, if you were here, I'd be hugging you. <laughs> well, you guys are so good. And the same goes for me. I mean, we, we've had the pleasure of knowing you since, uh, since I got in the business, basically. But, you know, we, we, we've traveled the world together, and we, we've had some, some memorable matches that I'll never forget and some of the most prideful nights in my life with was standing in the corner looking across and seeing a, a, a funk and mostly Dory Funk Jr. In, in that corner and knowing that I'm going to be taken care of in that race. So, you know, bless you, man, and and, uh, and uh, keep the key. I know you got a training class coming up here, so we won't keep you much longer. But, I, Dory, if, 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 if promoters that do these card shows, if you like doing, do you want to tell how promoters how to, how to get you on some of these great memorabilia shows? Thank you so very much, and I want to give you both a hug. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, well, thank you, Nori, and we'll uh, we'll promote the heck out of your book. And uh, I can't tell you what an honor it was to have you on with uh, me and Mr. Briscoe. It uh, it's been a wonderful uh, afternoon. John, John, the name of the book is "Last of a Great Breed," and man, how true is that title there? What a great title it is, because yeah, Dory, you're truly the last of a great breed, a breed that came along in the 60s, man, and you just tore it up and got so much to be proud of. And 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 and, and, and it's always been an honor to, to work with you. But most of all, it's been an honor for all these years to stay a good friend with Dory Funk Jr. Thanks so much, Dory, for being on the show. Thank you guys so very much. And I appreciate so much uh, the opportunity to be on your television show. This is just terrific. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you.